I'm Josh, and my mission is simple. I teach tens of thousands of home service business owners like you how to grow a profitable seven-figure business. Every week, I deliver mind bombs and systems designed to help you gain mastery over marketing, admin, production, and sales inside your company. Each week, I'll open up the vault so you can finally take hold of the life and business you deserve. There is only one thing between where you are today and where you want to be, and that is the growth you're willing to endure. You're in the right place. Welcome to the Growth Vault. Hey, my friends. Welcome to the Growth Vault podcast. Today, we are going to do some nerdy, epic things and have epic, nerdy discussions, and uh, it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to talk about stage one business owners. So a lot of you have probably picked up the five stages of service business growth. Maybe over the last couple of years, it's this 33-page PDF that Brendan Vaughn and I put together. It's really, really helpful. It's like a, a little checklist slash field guide to help you understand kind of what systems you need to build and the order that you need to build them to scale your company, depending on kind of where you're at. Uh, it can be really overwhelming to try to put all this stuff in place uh, when you look at the whole elephant and what this doc document does kind of break it down into, into bite chunks, which I think is really useful. So we're gonna talk about that. I do wanna remind, remind you as well that this week, the Home Service Super Summit is happening, actually starts tomorrow. Hopefully you're hearing this in time and uh, you can go over and get your free ticket. It's a four day, massive free live event specifically for home service companies. We have over 40 speakers speaking to you. Custom sessions. Everyone, everyone's down with my business partner, Brandon Bunn, and does as a custom teaching session on their area of expertise for you. We have people like Tommy Mello, who's a total rock star. He's been on the podcast. He has a $50 million garage door business. I don't know what his numbers are now, but it's huge. Uh, we have Michael Gerber, right? Can you believe that? The author of the E-Myth, one of the most famous business books in the history of mankind. All of you have heard of it, probably writ. He sits down, down with him and has a whole session. It's going to be amazing. We have Mike Michalowicz, a uh, really popular and growing author. He's been on my podcast as well. He's the author of Profit First. Uh, another good book is Clockwork. His newest book is called Fix This Next and uh, super popular in home services. Really good communicator, really funny, uh, really insightful. A very unique con content. Definitely get your free ticket and check it out. We also have Brian, Brian Sudamore. He, he founder and CEO of 1-800-GOT-JUNK. You ever heard of 1-800-GOT-JUNK? He also has a, a nationwide franchise called Shack Shine, which some of you might be competing with soon as he tries to take over the world with that business, but nonetheless provides a lot of valuable insights and expertise that can help you. And it's free. And you got to get your free ticket because these, these days stream live and then they're gone. Like, like you can't go back and rewatch it. So you need to sign up uh, so that you have an opportunity to watch it. And then you can also purchase like the replays of all of them. So you can have all of this stuff for later for only like 40 something dollars. It's super inexpensive. Uh, and we have a gajillion other speakers. You know, I won't read you the whole list, but we have people like Chris Lambernini's who had one of the largest residential window cleaning businesses in the country uh, on there. We have we have Mel Myers. Michelle Myers is an emerging rock, rock star. She's got a set of seven figure business that very young. She helps service businesses with admin services, really fun personality, super, super smart. And she's going to blow your mind. We have AC Lockyer. He's built huge eight figure businesses in the service business. We have Lisa McQueen. She has like a $10 million uh, commercial cleaning business in Australia. She's a good friend of mine. She's on here and I'm skipping lots of people. 
of Elena Ledeau, who's a maid service guru who took her maid service from zero dollars uh, to over a hundred thousand a month within two years, and that's with no debt, no loans, no startup VC money, nothing. She had a vacuum in the back of her car. She's in Las Vegas, and she blew up her company super, super fast. We have Kedma. Oh, Kedma worked for the the SBA for years. She has over twenty years experience working coaching over ten thousand businesses. She's Brandon Vaughn's personal business coach. She's seeing on there, and the list goes on and on and on and on and on and on and on. Of course, yours truly, and a whole bunch of other amazing people. You got to go to get your ticket. Go to homeservicesupersummit.com, and don't delay because you will be mad. You're going to be mad, and it's not my fault. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. Now, to dive into today, today's guest, I wanted to do uh, maybe less motivational, inspiration, more tactical, practical. We're going to talk about stage one businesses. I just had a f- two phone calls today with uh, two very small companies. And these companies both do less than 100,000 in revenue. They're new, and in case number one, it was a real young 21-year-old from California. Yeah, really, really super nice guy, just starting out. And then the second call I had with a gentleman who's a little bit older, um, you know, middle-aged, but he's been an employee his whole life, and he just started his company uh, within the last couple of years, and they're doing like 50, 60,000 in revenue. And when I was talking to him, it really just reminded me of, of how many people have similar situations where you might be getting overwhelmed with all this entrepreneurial stuff and systems and it's like drinking through a fire hose. So, so I want to kind of take a step back, back and give you just a really valuable episode that you know you could you could pause like take notes with and get massive value from. So first, let me explain what the five stages of business are to provide some context. So stage one business owners. Uh, are the people who have a business, but you're the one doing all the stuff in the field. You're the one doing the thing, right? So that means that if you clean carpets, you're cleaning carpets all day. Now, yes, you do everything else too. You're answering the phone, you're customer service, you're doing it all. But more than 50% of your time is spent digging the hole, building the retaining wall, cleaning the carpet, power washing the house, cleaning the window, mowing the lawn, fill in the blank, whatever it is, whatever your deliverable is, if the majority of your time is spent doing the actual service, then you are a stage one business. And we all start there. There. Right? The goal is to, is to get stage two uh, and escape, escape one, assuming you want to scale your company. A stage two business owner still is in the field to some extent, but what's happened is that He's hired a couple helpers. He has a couple employees, and he's, you know, uh, helping them in the field. But he's spending more and more time on the phone doing administrative tasks, and administrative tasks, tasks things like doing payroll, doing bookkeeping, uh, working in your in your some scheduling appointments, scheduling estimates, doing customer service, doing follow up calls. Uh, usually, a stage two person <laughs> has like uh, their work truck is covered in sticky notes. Right, you have like little pieces of paper everywhere, and your voicemail box is full, and you're staying up late on the computer and. And it's good because that means your business has some momentum and you do have other people doing the work, but you're not totally free from it, but you can send a clout to do job without you, although you're still kind of helping. But 50% of your time or more is doing kind of this administrative stuff. If that's you, then that's a stage two business. Now the goal uh, from there is to go to stage three. Now stage three is really exciting. This is where you get a little bit of a better lifestyle back. Uh, you're making a little bit more money. Uh, you have more people around you and you can really start start to light at the end of the tunnel. tunnel. A stage three business to really qualify for a, st- for a stage three business um, you know, status for yourself, 
basically you need to have you know all the stage one and two systems in place you're going to have uh, a minimum staff size of probably about five people minimum you're going to have a couple of, of full-time crews doing all the work you're not doing the work they're doing the work you're going to have a full-time office manager or some sort of admin that's answer phone doing your crm stuff they're talking to the customers they're doing payroll they're doing all of that stuff for you and you are focused entirely on sales and marketing. So if 50% or more of your working hours are you trying to find a way to close the gap, increase more sales, do marketing, uh, you're going deeper on your numbers regarding marketing, you're doing estimates, you're selling. If, mo if most time is spent selling and you have an, have an ad and you have at least a couple, a couple doing the work, you're stage three. Now stage three, you're gonna be doing somewhere maybe around I don't know, a half a million dollars in revenue, something like that. Uh, it can depend based on the service that you're on, but that's what a stage three business is. Now, when you get to stage four, this is when you've transitioned out of the sales manager role. You have a full-time sales manager, at least one, a salesperson, a territory manager, whatever you want to call them, a mic or whatever you want to call them. You have your admin team, you have multiple crews in the field, and you're not spending spending any time at all managing the technicians, right? Um, so stage four is when you become basically like a general manager of your company. You're kind of like the, the general manager, but you're going to have leaders around you. Stage four company, here's what it looks like. You have three or four, four crews in the field. You have an operation manager overseeing their daily production. So they're making sure that the trucks have the supplies on them. They're making sure people get written up if they're late to work. They're doing interviews for field technicians for you. They are making sure the truck oil changes are happening, customer maintenance. They're dealing with angry customers. They're fixing issues, putting out fires. They're dealing with all that stuff. You're not. You're just dealing with that operations manager. Admin side, you're going to have a full-time admin, probably, probably in a sim, maybe two in the office, and they're doing outbound calls. They're working all as a team, but you're just talking to the, the general leader of your admin department. And then in the sales department, you have someone who's taken total ownership over closing the gap, over hitting uh, the, the numbers that you need to pick, et cetera, et cetera. So that's what it looks like when you're stage four. You're doing more leadership development, and really, you're not managing as much as you're just leading. You're setting uh, the bar. You're you're, you're cheering them on, you're helping develop them and helping them level up. And then, you know, the ultimate unicorn goal for everybody is to get to stage five when you really have a turnkey business. And this stage five business means you can go on vacation for four to six weeks and come back and nothing, nothing bad. <laughs> like, like everything still, still exists. Uh, maybe, you've, maybe you've aired some people while you were gone. Maybe you fired people while you were gone, but you didn't even know about it. You had a happy customer that gave you a review and referred this huge job. You didn't even know about it. You had a mad customer that left you a one-star review and it was dealt with and you didn't even know about it. Now, you always have to pay attention to your business. And so it's kind of a, a fantasy to pretend that you can never pay attention to your business. However, when you're in stage five, you have a general manager, you have all the, the department heads, right? And you have your ops manager, you have your admin manager, you have your sales manager, and you're just dealing with with all the leaders, you know, occasionally, you know, for my company before we sold it, the last couple of years that I had it, um, I didn't work really in the business at all. I, I always tell people it's about five hours a week. A lot of times it was zero hours. Sometimes it was 10 hours. If there's a crisis, I'd hop in, I'd help, I'd support, I'd hop in and do whatever I needed to do. But honestly, we had we had all the pieces in place and that's kind of the goal. And when you get to that point, the reason it's good for your family and for you 
and for all of your community because you're providing more jobs, hopefully high-paying high jobs and benefits and all that, you have a stable company. You have something that has a foundation. It's taken root in your community, right? You recruit people, you know, other business owners know who you are. You know, maybe you've gotten interviewed by the local newspaper. All that stuff's good, but, but the reason it's good for your family is you're going to have higher income that doesn't require your time to get it. You build it, and you've also built a sellable asset, and it protects you. You know, what happens if you're stage one and you get hurt? If you get hurt at stage one, you have no money. You have no income because you, you don't even have a business yet. At best, you're just self employed right? So this this checklist I'll work through here with you. Um, we'll start at stage one today, and then if you guys really like this, I can keep going through it. But if you got a pen and paper, if you want to kind of jot some of this down, let's get ready. So here here's the deal. To be a stage one business, here's the qualifiers. You have to be hungry. That's it. <laughs> you don't have to have achieved anything. You don't have to have a good GPA. You have to have done anything. anything. You have to have desire to have a business. If you're hungry and have a desire, then congratulations, you can start your own business, right? Your primary focus at this stage is going to be a couple of different things. Number one, it's going to be business basics. You know, talking with respect to your customers. You know, what services, what, what areas in your market are you serving? Who are we targeting, right? How do you follow up? How do you send an invoice? How do you, you know, hook up QuickBooks or hire an accountant or something? These are basic things that you'll need to learn. Uh, you also want to focus on technical competency. Now, I'm not a fan of being obsessed with perfection when it comes to your service. In fact, that's one of the things that holds uh, business owners back uh, big time is that the technical perfection deception. They think, they think because they squeegee it best that they're going to have them have the company and that's just not at case. Uh, it's, it's really more about managing client expectations, making sure you exceed those expectations and making sure you systemize the way that you do your service in a way where you can teach an average person on the street how to do a great job doing it. And that's kind of your focus. So as you're out there cleaning or mowing the lawn or doing whatever, you want to think of yourself as your own first employee. And you want to try to do things the same way every time. When we get ready to hire, they're going to replicate and model what it is that you're already doing. If you clean windows, do you go top to bottom, left to right? Do you start on the inside? Do you start on the outside? What's your methodology, right? How do you deliver a great result that is worthy of a five-star review from a customer? Once you nail that and you're doing it in a consistent way, then we're, we're ready to kind of move on, on right? In terms of marketing, uh, Stage one, one business usually want to want to focus on BOG marketing. So BOG is an acronym I kind of brought to this space years ago. Stands for boots on the ground. You know, people overcomplicate marketing. They want to become Facebook ads experts and they want to do all this fancy stuff. When the truth is, is you could build a million dollar business just passing out flyers if you committed to it and you went deep on it. And that's that's the truth, right? So because you don't have a lot of money, usually when you're stage one, you're going to base uh, uh, most of it on uh, time-related activities, right? So you're going to network, you're going to meet people, you're going to knock doors, you're going to do free services or discounted services for influential people in your area. You're going to do boots on the ground, pass out door hangers, uh, postcards, yard signs. You're going to get out there with your boots on and make a ruckus. That is kind of your focus as stage one. In terms of uh, uh, metrics and KPIs that you want to measure, and KPI just means key performance indicator, you know, in any stage of business, there's certain things that are important to measure so you can tell if your company is healthy or if it's sick or if something's wrong with it. When stage one business, super, super simple. There's really only a couple things you need to focus on measuring. The first one is man hour. 
The second is your revenue. That's it. So you should have a revenue goal every every week, every month that you're that you're you're you know striving to get get, and you should should know your man hour. And all man hour means is how many dollars are generated uh, in like an eight hour day. So if you went out by yourself at the prices that you charge. And then you left for eight hours and came back. How many dollars were generated divided by how many hours were worked, right? So, for example, if you can do $800 a day alone and you worked eight hours and that's just kind of a typical day for you, then your man hour would be $100 a man hour. When you're stage one, you want to start measuring this right away because we want to establish some baselines that are going to be super, super, super important for your company later. Man hour is really the most important metric for your business. It's going to tell us if it's healthy, if it's sick, if it's profitable, if it's not. Uh, it's a really good good time indicator if, if something's wrong with your pricing or something's wrong with one of your, one of your crews in terms of their they're dragging their butt, they're not moving, they're going too slow, or if something's wrong in the office where they're not scheduling things efficiently, maybe there's a lot of drive time. When you calculate your man hour, you include all the drive time in between jobs. So if you do three jobs in a day, but you stop for lunch and there's a half hour drive between them, that's fine. You count count all of that time and you calculate your man hour. So that's that's it though. It though in terms of you know if you want to get to stage two, don't be measuring sixteen different things and have cost per lead and and all this crazy stuff. You don't need to do that yet. Um, let's talk about systems now. Okay, I got this massive list. I'll go through this kind of quick and then based on feedback and comments and people <laughs> online, I can go deeper on any of these at any time. But here's some of, the, some of the systems that you're going to need in place. Number one, you need to have a legal entity. Now, it doesn't have to be an LLC or an S-Corp or anything, it, but at a minimum, you need some sort of uh, checking account that is not your personal checking account. And to get that, the, the minimum you need is a DBA. Uh, so you have to have some sort of legal entity or at a minimum, a DBA to be a real business, right? Right. You can get a DBA for like 20 bucks at your county's office in most case, case, and that allows you to open your own checking account, right? For the business. Because the second system you need is you need to make sure that there's never any financial co-mingling. Co-mingling is when a business owner is kind of mixing together personal business expenses. Now, this isn't just important because of like taxes and stuff like that. It's important because of the mindset. You know, if, if you start off your foundation of your company and everything is just a disorganized mess, you're not going to feel good about your business. You're not going to feel like it's a real thing. You're not going to feel like a CEO. And you need to feel like that you, as often as possible in any way possible. You need to have the mindset that you're building a company, that you're this is a startup, that you're going to build a multi-million dollar thing and you're the person for the job. And you can't do that when you're co-mingling. It messes all of your numbers up. All of your, your everything gets screwed up. You also need a website. It doesn't have to be a fancy, fancy pants, but some sort of web property. You need to be on the internet. This is not optional. Get a website, spend the money, get the website. If you're super nerdy, you can build your own website. There's tons of WordPress plugins and all kinds of quick site builders that can get you started, but you need a website and you need to make sure that you're listed on you know, Google Maps uh, in the local, Google Local, I think it's called now. Uh, you also need to make, to make sure that you're paying yourself a consistent paycheck. Uh, people get very confused when they first start a business. When they see $10,000 in their account, they think that they made $10,000. Now, you're allowed to take all the $10,000 out if you want, but you're you're choking your own future growth. You're making a terrible mistake. Instead, you need to pay yourself as little as po possible for as long as possible. 
That's going to be different for everybody. If you have a, if you have a fee, you're going to need to t- take more resources out of the business to survive. But you need to be only paying mission critical expenses, living really lean. If you want to scale and grow quickly, you have to delay gratification, right? So it's important from as early as possible, even day one, make sure you pay yourself X amount per week, every week, no matter what. Even if it's a tiny amount, even if $100 a week and you can, you can afford to pay yourself anything. Get in the habit because this is psychological of give a paycheck. You also need brand congruency. So what does that mean? It means that you want your uniform and your website and your business card to all match. That's it. If it's all hodgepodge, that's okay. Let's hire a designer, get a new modernized logo, and let's order new work shirts. Let's rewrap the truck or get new mats on it. And let's let's get business cards and update our website. You want some congruence from day one, it's going to save you uh, a lot of money in the long run and make you a lot of money in the long run. Uh, you got to have a company uniform. You got to have a dedicated business phone number. I know this sounds obvious, but you know, a huge percentage of startups, they just use their cell phone. This is a terrible mistake. Stop using your cell phone. Switch your number as fast as possible. And uh, and uh, been using your personal num- number for, for years, it, it can be a few months for it to train the train over. And you know, you're going to have to have to use both for a while, but you got to train your customers to use your business phone number. Uh, otherwise, you're not building a real asset and it's going to stifle your growth when you have clients calling you when they should be calling your operations manager in the future. Uh, obviously, you need a CRM system. CRM stands for Customer Relationship Management. A software program. There's tons of great CRMs in source home services. It's called Pro. There's the Customer Factor. There is Jobber is super popular right now. There's a Service Monster, and there's a lot more than that. Those are the ones off the top of my head. You got to be using a CRM, uh, even though you don't want to. If you're shooting from the hip, you got to use a CRM. This is laying the foundation for your business, and you need to have QuickBooks set up. You don't have to become a QuickBooks expert. In fact, fact, I recommend uh, just hiring an accountant or, or a bookkeeper to do that for you. For you, uh, but you gotta have QuickBooks so that you don't get behind on your taxes, so that you don't create a financial pit or mess for yourself. So those are kind of the base systems needed. Now, in terms of like forward planning. Here's the kind of goal setting you need to, to do and some of the other planning things you need to understand. You you need to have a revenue goal at all times. One of my, it's not frustration, it's, it's a problem. But when I talk to stage one people, if I called me listening up on you right now, if I called you on your phone, person listening to this, you're stage one, and I asked you, what is your target this month for revenue? You should be able to instantly tell me, well, our target this month is, is you know $18,500 or whatever the number is. You should know it because you should think about it every day. If I said, what is your revenue target for today? Oh, it's, it's $1,000 a day. Okay, great. Most people don't know that number. And that's a big problem because it's the wrong way of thinking to be successful. You have to be able to set and achieve goals and that includes revenue. Revenue is a huge, big, important thing. So even if it's just you, you need to have a minimum standard for yourself that you're striving to hit every month to start training yourself to get in that type of mindset. You also, like we said before, you need to be, need to be bringing your man hour. I recommend doing it weekly. I got a report every month, every morning with my company that had a ton of data on it. But one of the important ones was the man hour from the previous week. And if you're working by yourself, you should still do this. You basically look at all the revenue you did last week. Okay, you did $2,000 last week and you worked 20 hours in the field. You don't, you don't include all the time you spent doing estimates and doing admin stuff in terms of field work 
to calculate your man hour. How many hours did you spend including the time in the field to get the $2,000? Let's say you spent 20 hours. Great. You had a $100 man hour last week. You need to calculate that on Monday and just put it on a whiteboard, put it in a spreadsheet, just keep tracking it every week. That way you can start to watch it go up. The other thing that you need to, to figure out, even if you're an owner operator, is how to read a profit and loss. Understand to read a basic PL and L is that difficult? You, know, you could watch a few YouTube, YouTube videos on it and be well on your way to doing it. But it's something that's really important uh, that 95% of people don't do, and they wouldn't know what to do if I showed them one, right? It's really honestly a very simple document. You got revenue at the top. You have a bunch of expenses in the middle, and then you have your net profit at the bottom. It's a little more complicated than that, but that's essentially what it is. And you, and you need the kind of person that can read a P&L confidently and know what you're looking at. Uh, when it comes to sales systems, you need to make sure you have you know your business cards printed up, you know some sort of standardized estimate. You know, collateral, whether it's a sheet or it's a folder, something that's branded to you that has your packages on it and your pricing. It needs to be professionally designed. You need to do that. You need your vehicles to be wrapped or lettered in some in some, some degree that's congruent with your brand. You need brochures or some sort of handout. You need to make sure that you have a system for all of your company files, right? So Brandon Vaughn is a huge uh, advocate of Google Drive. So it's funny, as, as I watch his Automate Grissel is growing into this massive thing, I'm watching kind of how he's doing the systems, right? Because he's the CEO he's running the show at Automate, Automate Grissel. He's obsessed with Google Drive. You don't you don't have Google Drive, but you need you need sort of place to store all your legal stuff, all your paperwork stuff, all your EIN papers from the government, your LLC papers, your recorded minutes. You need your tax return. You need all of your things. You need your employee uh, job applications. You need the emergency contact forms. Like there's paperwork and there's insurance doc. There's there's stuff, right? There's all this stuff. Then you have your, your all of your designs for your business cards and your wrap, and you need to have a a, a place where all that lives that's organized and clean, that's simple. We don't want some of it on your laptop and some of it on your cell phone and some of it on your business computer, your desktop. We wanna have a, a, a simple system for that, right? You wanna make sure that you start putting together basic safety documents, right? Safety documents uh, are pretty simple. You can download stuff, stuff fine for that. Make sure that in your, you have the material safety sheets for, for the chemical you use. If you use chemicals, they need to be in your truck. There's probably other things that need to be in your truck too, like maybe a fire extinguisher. The, the laws can vary by state, but you need to figure that out and get that taken care of. You need um, you know, insurance. You got to make sure that you have the right type of insurance and don't be a cheapskate and try to cheat cheat and screw yourself over. Uh, I had a friend of mine that's in the trucker program, just had a vehicle get into an accident. He's fighting with the insurance company right now because he had, you know, $10,000 worth of equipment in the back of his truck bolted to the bed of his truck. And he's not 100% sure if he's going to get reimbursed for that. So you want to make sure your insurance is covering all the things it's supposed to be covering and that you have the right policy. The other thing you're going to need to start establishing are some basic employee systems, right? Right, like job application, work description, and that when we hire your first first employee, we have we have some basics in place. Uh, you're going to want to have you know an employee handbook, for example, you know some sort of a drug test form, a driver's license check form where they put put that and you can go check it online. Um, some sort of discipline policy, you know, what happens if an employee is late? What happens if if they smoke a cigarette on the job site. <laughs> I know this is this is sturdy, just stay with me. There's all these things, we're almost done with, done with one. Uh, you, also, you also develop some uh, scripts 
you know, how do you upsell something to a client? How do you identify a future opportunity, right? Um, there's lots of ways to do it. You need to come up with your own way, but document it on paper in sort of a document. Create a framework so that you can train someone on it, so that it's a system. Uh, you need to have a system for getting reviews, for getting referrals. You know, what is your system? What's your consistent methodology for getting five-star reviews? Uh, there's lots of episodes in the podcast where we talk about how to do all that. Um, and yeah, so how do you collect payment, right? Do you take credit cards? Do you take checks? Where do you record the payment? How do you remember if they did pay you? What happens if they gave you a tip? You know, are you recording that correctly? You need you need that kind of system. And then, and then but not least, there, there's a bunch of different hiring systems that you'll need to put in place so that we can prepare to go to stage two. And there's different types of hiring systems, but really there's five categories of them. And they're pretty straightforward. The first one is recruiting. What does your job ad copy say? How are you recruiting? How do you make your job be appealing and sexy and awesome and all that stuff, right? So you got to figure that out. The second type of employing system is interviewing. You need like interview questions to ask. You need like a checklist or a worksheet to fill out as you're talking to people to try to uh, like categorize if these people are good or bad interviews, right? You need standardization with that. The third type is onboarding systems. Now, an onboarding system for a small stage one company is pretty simple. You just need to know, you know, all the information about your employee, their direct deposit information. You need to know their spouse's name and phone number for emergency contact. You need to know their address. You need all that kind of stuff. You also need to make sure that they get a shirt and a hat and shorts and whatever uh, they need to get on day one. You need to make sure that they learn how to log into the CRM. You need to learn, let them know how to clock into work. So like all these basic things that you would, you would walk a new employee through, you need, you need it written down in, in sort of a list format. It can be very simple to start with. In fact, all of these can be simple. You can create minimum viable systems for all this stuff, but to do it right and to set yourself up to just smash through to the next stage, these are the things you need to have in place. Okay, the fourth type of hiring system is training. Uh, it can be video training. It could be as simple as a checklist. And in fact, that's what I'd recommend for stage one. Just create, create a checklist that has all the things you need to train the person on. How to clean, how to change a ball bearing, how to check for this, how to not kill himself on a ladder, how to not <laughs> hit an electrical line with a ladder, how to talk to a customer, what to do when a customer complains, what to do if this happens, what to do if that happens, right? Uh, you got to train them. And then the last one is leadership development. And what that means for a first state company is your brand new employee, um, under, how, how does they get more money? They need to understand from day one how to, how to get more money. Do they just need to work with you for a certain amount of time? Do they need to complete a certain task and then they get a raise? Do they need to not be late for 90 days plus upsell this certain amount? Then they get it. Do they need to learn how to wash roofs, which is more of an advanced thing, and then they get a raise? It doesn't matter how to do it, but you need to document it. That's your leadership development pro program. Those are the systems you need for stage one. Just to recap. Just to <laughs> just to recap. Wow. Okay. I'm mumbling my words now. Just to recap, you got to be hungry. That's the only qualifying factor. Your primary focus is on technical competency, basics of business, and basically time-based marketing. You don't spend a bunch of money doing crazy stuff, doing experiment marketing, and get yourself off and run up credit cards. You do the basic fun fundamentals. You pass out flyers, you, know, you knock on door, door hangers, you do yard signs, you talk to people, you network, you talk to the Chamber of Commerce, you talk to other business owners, you talk to realtors, you talk to leaders in your community, you do free service. 
service for them. You do discounted service for them. You just need to become the guy that does the stuff, which I haven't said that in a while, but that's a thing. Like you got to become the guy or the girl that, that stuff, right? Your goal is to get all, get all people in your community when they see you at the grocery store to be like, oh, Tom, what's up, Tom? Yeah, you, oh, you don't know Tom? Yeah, he's the guy that does the stuff. He's the plumber. He's the thing. He does seawalls. Yeah, Tom, great guy. Love Tom. That's what you want. And when a thousand people in your market know you as the guy that does the stuff, you're going to do really, really well. So whew, that took longer than I thought to go through stage one. However, uh, hopefully it was worth it and that you enjoyed it. I do want to remind you to come to the home service super Do not forget you will be kicking yourself. There's over 40 speakers. It's insane. It's amazing. It's free. Go do it while you're thinking about it. Go to homeservicesupersummit.com and check it out. I'll see you there. Take care and God bless. If you're ready to go even deeper, go to Facebook and search for The Growth Vault. It's a free community with thousands of other business owners just like you. I'll see you next time on The Growth Vault.